who's joining in. We asked the question, um, if you could travel anywhere, where would you go? Um, now, you probably name, like, who's, a, who's the beach people? Beach, beach, okay. Mountain? Uh, okay, all right, all right. Um, you all answered wrong. You, you didn't know this. It, it should have been church. Uh, the answer should have been church. And, and this is even backed up in Scripture. Uh, Psalm 27.4, I think we have it up there. It says, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Can you imagine that? Delighting in the Lord's perfections and, and meditating in His temple. I mean, this drives me back to the early 2000s. You know, better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand else. Yeah, 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 yeah. My people are with me. That's in Psalms. Yeah, I get it. I'm like, you're kind of like throwing it up right now. Um, um, I want to talk about this story of Abraham where he's going to be uh, setting off on this journey. Hebrews in the New Testament kind of looks back and reflects on some of these giants of faith. And it says this about Abraham. It says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed God and called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And in my translation, I would add, or how long it was going to take to get there. He was promised to bless, be a blessing to all nations at age 75. One big problem, though, God, I don't have any children. There's, there's, no, there's no heir to this throne. Like, you're going to have to come through on this, God. Abraham, at this point, does not have a child. And so it seems almost impossible, the most unlikely of situations, and God's just, uh, you know, almost making stuff up. Yet we see that Abraham was this man of faith, not knowing how long they were going to get there. And I already mentioned previously that, you know, traveling with kids, we're going to go on some sort of road trip, and we're five minutes in, and Dad, what? Are we there yet? No. And, and you know, by the, the, the fifth, fifth time, you're starting to just, like, step on the gas, right? You're like, all right, we, we are racing Google Maps, and we're going to get it. I think my boys have started to catch on about this. Um, the other day, my son said, hey, Dad, you're in 14th place right now as we're driving along the road. I'm like, 14th place, what are you talking about? And he's leaning over and he's counting all the cars in traffic in, in, in front and say, you know, like, you're, you're behind here. And I'm like, challenge accepted, here we go. Um, you know, well, just a quick uh, ask here. Who are, my, who's the, who are the people, be honest, you drive the speed limit. You're like, you're speed limit, speed limit drivers. Ah, some of you guys are flying in church and that's not okay. <laughs> who's my five to seven group? Like five to seven, okay. Like eight and nine, you're, you're like playing with fire. No one goes zero to five. That just doesn't make any sense. Five to seven, you're safe. We know this. Um, who's just, they don't care, 10 and over. All right. Our resident officers are kind of looking around right now uh, at you guys. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 you know, we don't like to wait. I guess that's what I'm po my point is. We grow impatient. And we do not like to wait. In fact, I'd say I hate waiting. And I know you hate waiting too. Some of y'all burned your mouth on a hot pocket this week because you hate waiting. All right. That's just the generation that we, that we live in. We, you know, we hate waiting. You, you want to like hear somebody cuss and go crazy? 
just go to Smith's afterwards when we got to stand all the way back at the bacon rack uh, to, to check out, right? I've never, I mean, people get angry up there, and then we just blurt it all over uh, Facebook as well, and we're, we're complaining about how we like to, uh, or we do not like to wait, all right? Same thing with the MVD, all right? We do not like to wait. Same things with the Dallas Cowboys, all right? We're, we're waiting for them to win a playoff game. We're like, you know, the, uh, the, the estimated time of waiting is until Jerry Jones is gone, all right? You're just going to have to be waiting for that. Cowboys fans, I'm sorry. I love you guys. I, lo- I love you guys. Um, we do not like to wait, and especially we do not like to wait on God. Like, there are things that you and I are waiting on, an apology from somebody, a friend. I just want a friend, God. Healing from something or healing for a friend. Some of you are waiting, like, on, I want to I I be married or I want a better marriage. And you're waiting. Pregnancy. We've been trying to get pregnant, and you're waiting still. And it seems like if God was loving and caring for us, He could just change it in an instant, right? And we, we wonder, rightfully so, like, God, where are you? Why are you? What are you doing? One of the weight training tips, if we're in the weight room and we're going to be growing strong today, one of the weight training tips that you need to know is God is not in a hurry. You are. But God is not. There was a, a, a joke I heard a, a while back. A guy comes and he's having a conversation with God. And he says, God, what's a million years like to you? And God says, like a minute. Oh, wow, that's pretty awesome. He says, God, what's, what's a, a million dollars like to you? Like a penny. Oh, wow, God, God. Yeah? Can I have a penny? God says, sure, in a minute. (laughs) Oh, that's a bad joke. Um, Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. This promise of a child, and we're going to kind of continue with him for a few weeks, but we kind of know the end of the story. We know the rest of the story. 25 years until Isaac was born. 25 years until his son was born. Waiting, wandering, questioning. You and I are going to have to wait. Like, there's just no doubt about it. You are going to have to wait. But I don't want you to waste your wait. All right? We're going to work on how do we wait today. And the first thing I want you to know is I don't want you to waste your wait. So here's how you can waste your wait is um, I I created an acronym because we're going to have to wait either way. So it's W-A-I-T if you're taking notes. We learned this last week. I think we said 95% of people who take notes make it into heaven, right? All right, it's made up, but just if you want to take notes, wait. The W, if you want to waste your wait, worry. Worry or whine and complain. And just, God, what, what are you doing? I don't know, you know, and just go on social media and and just complain, complain, complain. And just ask that question why over and over and over again. And that's a one way to start wasting your weight. The A is for appetite. Like you and I have a craving. We want God to come through. 
We want Him to do certain things. And when it doesn't seem like He's doing what He's supposed to do, on come the temptations of life. We read in our men's group this week about Samson, who had this great promise in his life. But he also had this great craving in his life. And, and he went after it. He, he satisfied that appetite. Adam and Eve. God, hey, you're not supposed to touch this tree. You're not supposed to touch this fruit. But they had this craving for something. And we, and we want to we satisfy this appetite right here, right now. Now, let me get in your business a little bit because we know this. Like, I'll go old school on you. God, as you read through Scripture, he, he says, sex, I created it. It's great. It's awesome. But I designed it to be within the confines of marriage. And I know that's old school and old-fashioned for some of you, but he says the best sex happens in, is married sex. And, that's the way, and you can do whatever you want. You can work outside of those boundaries, but I'm telling you, this is how I designed it. Now, we grew up, and a lot of us, we couldn't wait. We had a craving, and we went after it. And a lot of us, our story is a lot of our biggest shame, pain, and regret comes from the fact that we couldn't wait. And whether you're talking about sex or money, or something else, we went after something that we could not wait for to satisfy our appetite outside of God's design, and it came back to bite us in the butt. Teenagers in the room, hear me clearly. The biggest regrets of my life, and talk to your, well, you could talk to your mom and dad, you could talk to the majority of adults in this room. The biggest regrets of our lives came between the ages of 12 and 23. There is, a, there is a reason to follow God's path for your life right now. I'm 42. I'm still working through some things that I did in my teenage years. There's 60-year-olds that are still working through some things that they did in their teenage years. These years matter. And adults in the room who agree with me, can you give me an amen or something? Because I'm trying to preach and I'm like, you're leaving me hanging. All right. We know this. We couldn't wait. And, we, and even as adults, our appetite, we're, the, we're just bigger teenagers now. I see it. I want it. I now have the money. I'll go buy it. All right. So we, 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 we don't want to wait. I is for initiate. And by this, I mean kind of like panic. I'm going to do things in my own strength. If God's not going to come through, I need to come through. And so I'm going to initiate this action. God said to do this. And this is exactly what Abraham and, and Sarah do. They're 10 years into this promise from God. Nothing's happening. And, and we'll read this later. But Abraham, Sarah says, hey, why don't you sleep with our servant, Hagar? Because it's not happening through me. Okay, good idea. And he, he, he does that. Only it's a terrible idea. And, and that was not God's promise. And so many of us in this waiting cycle, God's not coming through. I have a better plan. It's not necessarily the appetite. Like, I think this is what God wants me to do. But we will initiate things outside and try to do things in our own strength. For me, this, this come, I mean, COVID is just a real um, exposure of a lot of us on how we hate to wait. Remember, we're coming up on two years now. And we were told, you, you, like, and it's still not going away in a sense. Like, we're still got to work through this. But you remember those moments. 
where we were impatient and we hated waiting. Like you're, it exposed us so much. You're like, if I have to spend one more second in this house with the people I love the most on this planet, I'm going to go crazy. And for me, this came up initiate in my anxiety. Because a lot of us don't like to wait because it has to deal with this issue of control. I had, I had no control over the situation. I had no answers in this situation. And that, for me, I, I believe this lie that I have to know the answers. And when I don't know what to do, or I don't have the answers, or there's a whole lot of uncertainty, which it was just piled on and thick, anxiety started to creep up in my life. And so I started to try to do things in order to, well, I can control this, and I can control this, and I can manipulate this. And no one likes to live with that person, by the way. It just exposes all of these things. And so I really had to realize, what, why am I so irritable right now? I'm irritable because I'm anxious. Why am I, I had to go another layer deep. Why am I so anxious? Because I don't know the answers. What's the truth? I can still survive and thrive and be okay if I don't know all the answers. But I, 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 will, I will buy into this lie, and so I will initiate and do, and it's not helping. T, I had trouble with this one. I didn't know what to say, so I just said turn. It's, it's kind of a way where, you, you, in a way, you just kind of get stuck and you stop. But you will see people, especially people who are deconstructing in their faith, where, you know, they, they might have had this faith and they're kind of walking along, they're kind of journeying along, but they're not getting the answers that they want or on their timetable or how they want. And so you'll see this pause, but then you'll also start to see people just kind of turn away. Well, I, I, don't, I wonder if God's even, I mean, 25 years into this promise, is God even real? Is God even serious about this? Is he even going to answer? I can understand the desire to turn. Now, this isn't God's plan for your life. Remember, God's not in a hurry. This is how to waste your wait. You're going to have to wait. And here, here what is what I see with a lot of people. We will get into this waiting season, and we're not seeing the answers we want. And so let's say this is where I want to go. This is where I am. And I start taking some steps, but all of a sudden some sort of roadblock is here, and I'm waiting. And a lot of people, because maybe it was a season where somebody else said something about you and you stayed stuck or whatever, people will stay stuck right here. And, and they will stop growing spiritually. They will stop growing relationally and emotionally, waiting for some sort of change. And other people grow past them in their faith. I saw people just step up to the plate during covid and they, they, they worked through the anxiety. They, they worked through the change. And they said, hey, I don't know when it's going to change or, or if it is ever going to get back to normal. I'm just going to continue taking steps and moving forward regardless. Then you start getting passed up. Then you see other people maturing and growing and doing things. And you want to point at them and kind of bring them back down to your level. So many people get stuck here. And that's not what I want for your waiting season. What did it say in, in Isaiah when Lynn said that? When she said, those who wait on the Lord. And it talks about those who walk and not go weary, those who, who run and, and won't faint, those who, who uh, mount up on, on wings like eagles and soar. That sounds a lot like work. 
That sounds a lot like moving and action. So same acronym, WAIT. I don't want you to waste it. I want you to work it, all right? We're going to work our weight. The first thing we're going to do, instead of whine and worry, we're going to write it down. Now, you could say it, but I needed a W word for alliteration, so I said write it, all right? Get it out. What is God teaching you in this season? What is he? Patience, all right. What is he teaching you? And patience, by the way, thank you for bringing that up. Patience, patience is not the same as waiting. They, patience is how you wait, all right? You are going to wait. So you either wait patiently or impatiently, all right? So I... And I always, I always kind of hesitate from the people who are pay, praying for patience. Like, you, you know that person? Like, I'm praying for patience. I'm like, step away from the lightning bolt because I do not want any of that. But I understand, yeah, we need patience in our life. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. But I want you to write it down. I got this right here. I did this exercise back in seminary. It's one of the most helpful things that I've ever done. And I'm not saying you have to do this, but um, it, it could be super helpful for you. What we had to do, this took about two hours, maybe three. And we got all these post-it notes, different colors. And, and what we had to do was take a green and a pink, um, or any color you want. But just write out everything in your life that you, that's either a person or a memory or a moment or something of significance. It, and just, just don't, don't, don't think about it, just write it. If it's good, write it on the green. If it's pink or if it's, if it's negative in a sense, Write it on a pink, and then just write, put them all out on this table. Once I got all that out, which there's a lot of junk to, to, to get out and, and, and do, it said, now, as best you can, try to put it in chronological order. So, like, start over here and go down, and then when you hit the bottom, kind of go down, and you can kind of see, here's, here's my life. <laughs> and I'm sitting down and doing that, and that's hard to go through, but you start to see... Okay, well, this is, I got some good stuff here. I got some bad things here and, and, and different things as I'm going through. As you're working through it, the next part was now take a different color and see if you can define sort of like chapters in your life. Like see if there's kind of a, 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 a word or a season or a section where you could maybe like chapters in a book and see what you would name that chapter. And so when I did this, I remember like in my early years, I mean, I'm born and I'm going, you know, just growing up or whatever, but it's like foundation. My, my parents in that season, they brought me to church and they gave me a firm foundation. I didn't know quite what to do with it all, but it was, I mean, it has affected me even, even here today. Now it wasn't all good and great. I'm not trying to like share all my junk, but I had sexual abuse right here. I had, I had um, some fights that I got in at, at school that I, that I remember and different things like that that I would put on. And but at the same time, I'm like, I'm building, I'm building a foundation. Then I start going into here, my high school and, and college years, where I just ran from God. And I mean, there was some bad seasons in my life where it started to just tumble and go bad. The pain and regret that I talked about, different things like that. There was some good, but some bad. I call this one redemption. Because while I was a runaway in this season, I still saw God was with me throughout the entire time. 
And he's been able to redeem almost all of the negatives that you've seen in here. So I titled that one Redemption because I see him there. Then God started to really make a call on my life. I met Rita. We had kids. But at the same time, just for me, it was like leadership development. Like God was just working me and, and developing me and growing me. And then before we started Freedom Church over here, I called that the fueling season, fueling. I didn't, I, and I remember telling some people, they're like, what's God doing in your life? I said, I don't know. I feel like he's fueling me up for something, though. I just I don't know what. But I feel like there's some things, actually, in this season, there was a lot of negative things that were happening in this season. But I could see that God was still in it, and He like God's not going to waste the pain. If you allow Him to work in it and through it, He's not going to waste the thing. So I was like, God, I, just, I feel like He's fueling me up for something, but I don't know what. I didn't know it was free of church. And kind of using some of those, th- all of this to work through. So I write it down. So many of us, we miss our waiting season because we don't even, we pray, we read, we go to church, we're with others. That's not bad at all, but we never take the time to say, what is God saying to me? Which is why at Freedom Church, we do this two or three, four times a year. We end the year say, in December saying, what's your word for this season? What's your word for this year? Seek God in this moment. We started off January 2022 with 21 days of hope, prayer of prayer and fasting. Seek God, get a word from Him. What's He saying to you in this season? Write it down. Tell somebody. It's so important to say what God's speaking to you in your life. A is for access. Accessing God's presence. In this series where we've been talking about faith, we read in Ephesians, it says, you have every spiritual blessing in your possession in the heavenly realms. The battles we face are not against flesh and blood. And so we are fighting a spiritual battle. Well, how do you access all these blessings in the spiritual realm, Mike? Prayer. You pray and you talk to God and you recognize that you have His presence within you, seeking God in these moments. Can I be honest with you, though? Can I be honest with you, though? As I'm praying and I seek God, as I you know, I write it down. You would think that, oh, well, I guess, Mike, you're pastor and you, you know, you're, you, you probably hear from God a lot, don't you? That's what I get most of the time. A lot of silence. There's a mystery component to this. There's no magic formula to say, God, speak to my life and show me exactly what the plan is. A lot of times when I talk to God, I don't hear. But I've talked with him enough where he does nudge me and he does show me to where I know what I need to do for my next step in my relationship with him, which goes on to the I. Instead of initiate, I need to imitate. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. He says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. If I don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Imitate Jesus. Have you ever wondered when you're at a restaurant why they, why they call him a waiter? Like, I'm the one waiting. They're not, they're not waiting. But, but to wait on somebody can also mean to serve somebody. So I'm going to imitate Christ. I'm going to serve other people in my waiting season. I'm going to get connected with other believers 
and grow in my relationship with others in my waiting season. I'm not going to stay stuck. I'm going to keep walking and moving forward. We say here our mission is to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. And here's the deal. God never gives you the whole plan. Go to the place I will show you. No, where are we going? When are we going to get there? What's it going to look like? What do we need? No, just go. I'll show you. That's why it says in the Psalms, it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. You're going to get one step ahead, and that's about it. That's why some of us, we are waiting in this season on God to show us something. He says, I've already showed you your next step. That's all I and, and And you might try to move to another place or, or try another church or try a, a different thing. But guess what? Wherever you go, there you are. And it's just going to be the same test in a new location. I asked you to do this, Jonah. Please go do it. Okay, take that next step. Imitate, imitate. And then finally, trust the timing. Trust the timing, the process. I know that's a dirty word, process. But I wonder if you can keep taking next steps when you don't know how much longer. How much longer, God? How much longer am I going to have to wait on you to move or to do something? I wish it was kind of like in NASCAR where, where you're watching a race and, and they have how many laps there are to go, right? It just tells you, they, go, they make it around, and you got 100 laps. Oh, if I just knew how many laps were left, if I just knew how much energy I needed to exert, then I could do this, and let's go. But life isn't like that. We don't, we don't know how much longer. And I hear Abraham, if he were here with us today, he would just tell you, please don't give up. I hear those guys in Jericho, when, when, when God told them to take those laps around the walls for seven days, and then on the seventh day, taking more laps. And he's like, this is the most insane military strategy of all time. But I would hear them telling you, please don't stop at six. Don't stay stuck at six. Don't stop moving forward and giving up at six. I know you haven't seen, like God's a terrible motivator. You would think after day one, you would see like maybe just a little bit of that wall crumble down, right? Just something to give me a little bit of evidence that I'm on the right track, only nothing. Don't give up on six. I hear Joseph, one of the greatest waiters of all time, who had this awesome plan that God was going to raise him up in front of others, and he's thrown into jail. He's thrown into a, a well and, and sold into slavery by his brothers, and he had this incredible rise and fall. And he, he sees his brothers decades later, and he says, you guys meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. He, was, he wasn't in a hurry. What I was worried about, he was working out, and he had a plan the whole way. Joseph would say, don't give up. Don't give up. I wonder what happens to you when what you see in front of you doesn't look like what God said, can you keep going? How long, God? How long am I going to have to forgive this person? How long am I going to have to wait for our marriage to get better? 
How long am I going to have to deal with this temptation, this addiction that is just wreaking havoc in my life, God? Is it ever going to go away? How long am I going to have to deal with this thorn in my flesh, this pain that I'm dealing with, this anxiety that never seems to go away and it's tormenting God, me, God? Don't you care? I hear the disciples who are in the boat with Jesus when the storm came and the waves are crashing in and the boat's sinking and Jesus is asleep in this. Jesus is asleep in the storm and those guys come to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't you care? We are going to die. And I think Jesus understands our emotions and our feelings when we don't understand why God would allow something to do it. Don't you care? My life is on the line. Yet Jesus gives us a hope in this situation. He was sleeping through the storm. Guys, I created this thing. I created you. I know how this ends, guys. And I know what you see in front of you looks like I'm not in control or this situation is going down, but I'm going to tell you, John the Baptist, you're in prison about ready to to be executed, and you're wondering, are you really the Messiah? Are you really the one I should follow? Yeah, John, I'm the one. Follow me. I know your circumstances don't feel like it, but please keep working your weight and don't give up on your faith just because you're waiting. I hear the future you. I hear the you from 10 years from now. This is what hit home for me this week as I'm prepping this. The future you from 10 years from now is looking back at you right now here today. And they are cheering you on, saying, don't give up. Don't turn. Don't stop. Don't feed that appetite. Don't initiate on your own strength. God's got a plan. Keep following it one step at a time. And then, as it says in Galatians, and then let's not get tired of doing good because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I don't know who needs to hear this message, but it's no accident you're here at church today. You got some old, balding, short, 40-year-old dork who loves Jesus, who wants to just tell you, don't give up. The God of this universe wants to share that message with you today. Some of you guys are thinking about just, "Ah, I don't know, I'm going to hit the pause button. Don't give up. Breakthrough comes after follow-through. And there's something that you're going to forfeit the blessings of God, maybe one step short. You don't know what taking that next step will lead to. You don't know what holds in the balance of you inviting somebody to Easter next month. Like what holds in the balance? They could say no or they could say yes. So we keep going, not giving up on doing what's good. Hebrews sums it up like this. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what God had promised, but they saw it. They saw it all from a distance and they welcomed it. Would you be willing to take a step of faith and leave a legacy, a foundation for something that you never get to stand on? You saw it all from a distance, but the next generation, these kids over there, 
they get to take on the foundation that you built for them. How? How do I do this? Because I don't know why you're waiting. Maybe it could be, hey, you're, you're, you're waiting because you got sin in your life. God's, God's not going to bless that. Maybe, maybe you're waiting because God's just, hey, you're in a waiting season right now, and it's, he's not re- you're not ready for that. I, I'll give you this example. I know I've got to wrap this up, but I'll give you this example. My son's turning 10 years old this, this year. It's kind of freaking me out that he's in double digits, our oldest, all right? And, and, and pretty soon he's going to be 16, all right? If someone gave him, this would be awesome, gave him, I think, uh, keys to a car on his 16th birthday, all right? He'd go nuts and be like, hey, that's cool. All right, let's go. If somebody gave him keys to a car uh, on his 10th birthday, that'd be a curse. Sometimes God just, he knows you. And handing you the keys to the car right now might be a curse. And so in many ways, he might, you might be in a waiting season just to protect you. I don't know why. And it's hard to exactly know why am I waiting in this season, but I don't want you to waste your wait. I want you to work it. So how do I do this? How do I, how do I, how do, I do this? Hebrews says, it says, we do this by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. You fix your eyes on Jesus when you don't know what to do. He is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. What's going to bring God glory? What's going to bring Jesus glory? Quite honestly, you taking your next step of faith. Taking it today like it's your last step that you'll ever take. Because one day, it will be your last step. And that's the legacy that we live. So I know a lot of us, we are tired and we are exhausted in this season. Taking another step sounds so overwhelming. So I I don't know where you are at in the exhaustion level right now, but if you have to crawl to take that next step, crawl. If it's walking, walk. If you're ready to run, run. And if you're ready to fly, take off. And let's go. Let's stand together and let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.